Welcome to Believe. My name is Nicholas Upchurch. Now, here's a special clip from our show in the category of World News. From Miami Beach, Florida, welcome to Believe. I'm Nicholas Upchurch. Our website is www.believe.love. Our YouTube is youtube.com forward slash believe loves you iTunes listeners, you can download our show at BelieveiTunes.com and on Android at BelieveAndroid.com. It's an honor to be with you, and I am so excited because I want to help you to succeed and help you to find your truth and help you to believe in yourself. We have an amazing guest on our show today. Our guest is going to help to fill in some blanks of what is going on in terms of the movies and maybe some secret society stuff, and it's really exciting because our guest has such a prestigious background. He's really an amazing guy, and he has so much knowledge. You ever wonder when you see a movie, if you're actually seeing some things, you know, maybe even they're, they're kind of slipping things in there, they're slipping in bits of truth. Actually, we, we, we went over this on a previous episode recently about the the new Star Wars and the trailer, and we were asking, Natalia and I were on the show, and we were asking, man, I wonder if there's some truth in that. And then we pulled up the moon, I think around Jupiter or Saturn, that looks like the Death Star, and we're like, man, did George Lucas know something? So our guest today is going to help us to fill in some blanks, because we want to help you to be aware of what's going on. If you're aware, you can have success in business, you can feel happier, you can get maybe a, a a fuller, a bigger idea or a bigger picture in terms of why you're here. So I want to introduce in a second Robert W. Sullivan IV. Rob is a philosopher, a historian. He's a lawyer, a mystic, a showman, a radio TV personality. You've heard him on Coast to Coast AM on the great Sean Stone show, which is called Buzz, Buzzsaw and Gaia. I love that show, actually. I watch that show a lot. He's been on Fade to Black with Jimmy Church. Love that show and a variety of other... Veritas Radio, love that. There's so many great places you've heard Rob on. He's the author of some really cool books. We're going to put those on screen now. And I recommend you check these out at Amazon. Specifically, as you can see here, the second edition of Cinema Symbolism, a Guide to Esoteric Imagery in Popular Movies. Also, The Royal Ark of Enoch. Arch, maybe? I don't know. I, I, I just got off a flight overnight from Vegas. I'm actually still waking up. We'll ask, we'll ask Rob in a second uh, the proper title there, the proper pronunciation. I'm actually, I'm still like sleeping. I'm waking up. The Impact of Masonic Ritual. I know what that is. But Rob knows much more. The Impact of Masonic Ritual, Philosophy, and Symbolism, the second edition is the one you need to pick up. And then Cinema Symbolism 2, More Esoteric Imagery in Popular Movies. I recommend you pick up all three. And Rob also went, to, he studied at Oxford. He was a member, Oxford University, of course, a prestigious university. He was a member of the Oxford University Conservative Association and the Oxford Law Society. He's got a lot of amazing knowledge. I want to welcome to the show Rob Sullivan. Ro welcome, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me on your show tonight. I uh, believe it's my pleasure to be here, and I look forward to the show. And thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. Well, thanks for being on. So, Rob, I would love to know 
really, I'd like to get inside of your head. What is the most sort of groundbreaking thing that you've noticed about what's in the movies? Oh, I think generally, um, well, I think I think it's a, a two it's two pronged. The answer would be is one is uh, how that the, the material is actually in there. Um, that this esoteric imagery is is in the film, um, and it's one of those things that you don't have to really speculate on. Um, you can watch the movie, and if you read the book, you'll be able to see it with your own eyes. Um, so that, that that's very interesting. Um, it, it's not necessarily subject to speculation. You can actually see it. Um, if, if you read the book or you've listened to some of my other shows and podcasts or radio shows, and certainly this one, uh, you can uh, actually find uh, the material, you read the material and see it in the film. Uh, and the other thing that's very fascinating is the absolute lengths these filmmakers will go to to incorporate this imagery in films. Uh, in some instances, it's quite astounding. And it almost bring, you know, brings up the question of, you know, you know, you know, in some instances that they actually, you know, were more preoccupied with incorporating this imagery than actually making the movie. Uh, it's 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 very interesting. And like I said, uh, it's a fascinating subject because you can actually um, read the book and then watch the movie and see it with your own eyes. So, in terms of your most recent book, as you're mentioning, Cinema Symbolism Two, which again I recommend everybody pick up on Amazon. Um, what would you say that some of the most recent sort of... Okay, so first of all, if we're just going to really simplify things, when you say esoteric symbolism, what should people be looking for? Because even if we're wanting to identify kind of what that means, can, you, can, you, can we talk about that? That'd be great. Yeah, well, that, that's a really broad uh, subject matter, and it, it, it really there's no one answer for it. It depends on the film, um, because each film incorporates it or includes it in a different way. And I should also point out that some films don't include it at all. Um, and not by not including it, it doesn't necessarily make it a poor movie. Dealing doesn't with um, you can be dealing with a theme of a movie that is is multi-layered or is a story within a story or it has esoteric underpinnings. You can be dealing with archetypal imagery. Uh, this can be embodied in the characters themselves. You could actually be doing dealing with symbols in, in the background of a film, uh, dates, numbers. Uh, it can be dealing with archetypes. Uh, you know, it can be dealing with storylines, the monomyth, the hero's journey. Uh, you know, it can involve secret societies, ancient religions, Gnosticism, Kabbalah, alchemy. It's a sweeping subject matter, and no two film is alike. Uh, each film that incorporates it can, or includes it, can incorporate it, place it in a film in a different way. Um, so I would say there's no like sweeping overall Definition. you know thing going on each film has to be looked at individually uh on a case-by-case -case basis to see if this imagery is even present and if it is what kind of film is it is it alchemical is it cabalistic is it archetype it's the monomyth once that can be discerned then um the the you interpretation yeah, the symbolic interpretation then becomes much more clear, at least for me. So we have some business. You know, we, we kind of have a mix uh, people watching the show, people that are trying to grow their business, trying to get healthy. And we also cover our universe and world news. So if somebody's just not even aware of occultism or esoteric imagery, like that, those words, they're actually getting started with those words. Or even when you're talking about alchemy, could you give us some examples of kind of what that might be like in, in some specific films? And I've seen you, you've mentioned Stanley Kubrick's films and um, in your book, uh, Cinema Symbolism too. But maybe, maybe just simplify some of what these terms mean, if you don't mind. 
Sure. Well, like like the hero's journey, the monomyth. This comes out of the world of Joseph Campbell, and this is uh, the 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 hero's journey, the monomyth, and this is an adventure. The hero, usually personifying a solar archetype, uh, goes on some you know grandiose quest to overthrow evil in some form or fashion, and on this quest, um, certain interactions and, and things happen to this character that are universal. They repeat. Uh, so when we're dealing with films like this, we're dealing with the Harry Potter films. We're dealing with the Star Wars films, specifically four, five, and six. We're dealing with movies such as The Lord of the Rings. We're dealing with the Matrix uh, trilogy. Uh, These would be all films that incorporate the monomyth. Alchemy, uh, of course, medieval and Renaissance alchemy is the transmutation of base metal into gold. Symbolically, this is um, ignorance into wisdom. Uh, In film, uh, this usually involves transition of the self, where the person begins ends as one thing and ends as something else. Uh, and it's usually negative. Uh, these alchemical transitions are very seldom positive. Uh, so, you know, you think of something like Black Swan, where the movie begins as she's a timid ball- ballerina, and then she actually, through a transition, morphs into an actual Black Swan creature. Uh, that would be an alchemical film. Same with The Shining by Kubrick. Um, this is a movie that where the guy starts as sort of a failed writer and morphs into a serial killer, a mass murderer. Um, so, you know, this would be uh, characters who undergo an alchemical transition. Um, an actual alchemical movie where you will actually see the transmutation of base metal into gold or, or the transmutation of metal would be Goldfinger by, you know, the James Bond, where Goldfinger, the alchemist, is trying to transmute the gold in Fort Knox to make it worthless, to make his gold supply worth more money. Uh, so that is actual on-screen alchemy, quite literally. Uh, wow. Then you have movies that involve Gnosticism, where it's a journey of enlightenment. Uh, things that echo that that theme would be, again, the Matrix movie, especially the first one. Uh, we would be dealing with uh, something like uh, The Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, uh, the movie uh, The Lovely Bones. It involves uh, you know, the quest uh, for self, uh, to know thyself. Um, this is another incredible Gnosticism is, is an incredibly ancient, is incredibly popular ancient religion uh, that, that is very popular in Hollywood. Um, so yeah, it, it's a it's a broad sweeping subject, and you know, no two films are really the same. It's 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 each movie has to be looked at, and then it really what is key, and what is key for me is to determine the film's context. Um, what, when that is discovered, what I can what I can determine its esoteric context, then the symbolism, uh, at least for me, becomes much more readily apparent. And what is your definition of esoteric? Because that, that's, that's actually a really cool word, but I know a lot of people watching this aren't even really familiar with that word. And then do you believe that there, are, there is truth disclosed in some of these movies with all of the symbolism? Yes. Um, well, esoteric, what, I, you know, what we're dealing with is mystical, hidden, occult symbolism that is used to convey ulterior or alternative, you know, uh, definitions of the movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The, you could watch a movie such as The Wizard of Oz, let's take that, that's a great example. And you could just watch it on its face and say, okay, well, it's a journey of, you know, it's, a, it's just an adventure of this girl getting swept to this magical land and having this adventure, and then she goes home the end, have a nice day. Um, that movie is very multi-layered. Um, you have uh, themes going on of initiation into selfhood, initiation into gnosis, um, very, very um, interesting themes regarding ancient religion, Gnosticism. Uh, you have an entire political allegory going on inside The Wizard of Oz. So this is a very mu- multi-layered movie. 
when I say esoteric, um, it's it's hidden. It's it's not something that's going to jump off the screen at you. In some cases, it might. Uh, for me, it certainly does after I've been studying this for 20 years. But it's it's hidden in the celluloid, uh, is is what I mean by when I use the word esoteric. And sure, there can absolutely be truths in it. Um, there can be deeper meanings, deeper symbolism. Uh, we could be dealing with studies of comparative religion. Uh, you know, ar archetypes that um, you know the the viewer may not be readily cognizant of, but but through this imagery, it's really, you know, harping on their subconscious mind, um, you know, you know, uh, tweaking the archetypal imagery that we all have in our subconscious, really playing off of that. Um, and it can be very powerful. And uh, these filmmakers know very much what they're doing with it. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a form of mind control or any or even so far as to say it's anything evil or anything like that. But it, it's it's definitely when you're dealing with archetypal imagery, psychology, um, these themes, it's it's very powerful, and certainly movies are a very, very powerful tool, um, probably arguably the most um, powerful medium ever created. So this imagery is in there, and um, these filmmakers are using it, and uh, it can be very potent. Um, I think this is pretty, um, you know, irrefutable. I agree with you. So I love your definitions, and I want to further explore them because— um to, to clarify for people that are new to this, so, you know, some other shows, Coast to Coast or, or Fade to Black, people may listen to that all the time and kind of know what archetypal means. But when you're like, what should, when you say archetypal imagery, what would somebody be looking for in terms of what that might mean? And why is that important as well? Are they disclosing something? You know, we've heard like the Illuminati has to, they, they, they feel that maybe, they have to disclose things and shows and things like that to kind of uh, to kind of get people's consent. But I guess there's a two part question. The first is, what is archetypal imagery? Like, what's the definition of even an archetype? Some people may be new to that. And then also, like, are they are they trying to disclose things to kind of sort of get people's consent and, and sort of secretly let them know what they're doing in terms of maybe some sort of Illuminati or secret world organization or, or some of these secret societies? Right. I'll answer the second question first. Um, I don't believe in any of that at all. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't buy into that. I think I think there can be I think movies can be prophetic. Again, I would say in my books, I argue this is a mechanism of the collective unconscious. Um, this is where the archetypes reside. Um, archetypal imagery, you know, think the solar hero, the lunar heroine. Um, you know, you're dealing with a lot of astrological embodiments, um, planetary embodiments, Saturn, Jupiter, uh, the Tarot. Um, archetypes of the hero, the villain, the mother, the father, the lovers. Um, uh, these are the archetypes. Um, Luke Skywalker, Neo, Frodo. These are all allegory. These are all metaphoric stand-ins for the sun, um, the solar hero, the solar savior, the solar redeemer. Um, you know, the moon, the the the, the sacred feminine. Uh, these are the archetypes. Um, I'm just giving you some examples, and they can vary, and they can take on you know different meanings, um, and they can take on different imagery. But the archetypes are very powerful, and uh, you know this is what you know Carl. 
Young talked about in, in his work and even Joseph Campbell talked about, you know, when, when we talk about with Campbell, like the hero's journey, the he, you know, the book he wrote was called The Hero of a Thousand Faces with a Thousand Faces. Well, who's the hero he's talking about? It's the sun. It's, it's always the solar hero, the solar avatar who's going on to deal with to combat works of darkness. Uh, that, that's really the underlying uh, theme with all this. You know, you can call it, me, you know, neo-Manichaeanism, I suppose, light versus dark, good versus evil. I guess that's probably the oldest conflict of all. I mean, my goodness gracious, it's all over Hollywood films. I, I don't believe necessarily that there's some sort of secret global organization placing this uh, stuff in films. That's pretty ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think some films are prophetic. I think some stuff is planted in there on purpose. Um, I know that the government worked with the filmmakers of Transformers to put the railgun in, I think, the second Transformer movie. Um, this is where they're announcing it, but this was no hidden secret. They came out and admitted this. Um, films can certainly be prophetic. Um, I don't dispute that either. There are some very strange coincidences going on. And I, I say in the book, I don't believe in coincidence. coincidences. As a lawyer, I, I don't buy into that. So you know, how do you explain it? What I propose in my books is I, I get into the whole idea of Carl Jung and the collective unconscious and how this is inherited from generation to generation. And I suggest in the book that the collective unconscious, um, you know, unconsciousness may not necessarily only be inherited, but it may also be predictive. So what I, what I conclude in the book is, and again, this is me speculating, this is not proven, uh, is that, you know, when you get into a movie that may be prophetic, uh, it could be the collective unconscious at work actually working in reverse. Since films are an artistic expression, ultimately, arguably one of the most powerful artistic, artistic expressions ever created, um, it would not surprise me at all that the collective unconscious could somehow integrate itself into a film as a prophetic mechanism. Um, that's, that's what I propose in the book, because clearly there are films that are prophetic um, that I do not dispute. So how do you know for sure that there's nothing hidden in films? Oh, there is stuff hidden in films. But um, I mean, nope. how do you, okay, do you think there is, do you think the president is in charge of the United States? Well, I think he's in charge of it with Congress and the Supreme Who's Court. Who's in charge of the NSA? Well, I would think um, this would fall, I mean, this is a political, um, right. you know. But right. okay. do you think there are any organizations uh, that are working in addition to the governments on policy in the world today? Well, you have groups like Bilderberger and right. certainly the Trilateral Commission and things like that, but I don't necessarily see them, you know, working toe in toe with, um, you know, with, with Hollywood or anything like that. Well, but there, for example, like the CIA has a major, I think, what was it? The Rand Corporation has a major tie-in with Sony. I mean, there are emails going back and forth between the Rand Corporation and Sony, in terms of directly discussing what will be in movies. Uh, are you aware of that? No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would definitely say that people should look into that. Rand, Sony, Rand Corporation, Sony, and Google emails. There are emails going back and forth, and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of for me at least. It definitely indicates involvement. Um, you know, of course, we, we have things out in the open, like you said, regarding like uh, Ben Affleck's movie, uh, what would they went when they freed the people from Iran, right? The hostage movie. Uh, what was that? Right. You know, so that was more out in the open. But I don't know. I, I think that uh, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting topic. I'm not so sure that things aren't sort of worked in. But let me ask you about archetypes. Do you think that uh, in addition to sort of the, the general archetypes that, that we're talking about good and evil, the hero and the villain, you know, some people say, and, and I want to get your take on this because it's, you know, 
it's okay no matter what your take is. Of course, you know, we like to be open to a lot of ideas. But some people say that the archetypes could be um, other interdimensional beings and, and sort of on a, uh, on a global level, they may be influencing different world leaders. Um, some people say there could be specific beings that could be archetypes. Do you, do you see any of that coming through in symbolism in cinema? Let me give you an example. Uh, let's say there was a movie that um, had a certain storyline that tied in with, uh, with a Hindu goddess. And for example, the guy who wrote the book on string theory that physicists use today was an Indian gentleman. And physicists use this book for string theory today. And he said he got all the information in his dreams from a Hindu goddess, which is it's another discussion, right? But do you see any tie-ins with specific sort of uh, religious archetypes or, or you know, Greek gods or different things like that? Well, sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, again, um, you know, when you're dealing with archetypal imagery, you know, and, and you know, you, these can be the embodiment of... Okay. Um, you know, of, of different gods and goddesses, uh, sure. I mean, you know, it can be pagan, it can be Christian, it can be Judaic. I mean, Jesus is, you know, the sun. I mean, sure. he's a solar avatar, sure. um, you know, and, you know, it, you know, even Moses is. Uh, so, you know, you, you can be dealing with archetypal imagery Absolutely. Surrounding, um, you know, re religious figures and religious, um, you know, this is, again, what Campbell talked about, you know, was was his hero's journey was by, by and large archetypal um, and, you know, was was containing imagery and themes that were universal. So, you know, if you have it in, um, you know, in, in mythology, um, certainly you're going to have it in religion. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. Oh, OK, good. I, and um, why is this important? Like in terms of in terms of, because I think it is, I think it's very important, but I, you're an expert, you've been studying this for so long. What, what do you think the biggest reason why this is important would be to the average person? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's you know, why, why are they doing it? I guess, is that what you're asking me? Well, why is it something that we should be aware of? I, you know, symbolism in cinema, like you said, it's a very powerful medium, but studying it for so long, why do you think it's important for people to be aware of? Because really, it's something I think that's amazing you're paying attention to, but and, and it's it's definitely become quite important to you. But what do you think the significance of it might be to the average person to so they they're aware of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can't I can't say what the significance is to the average person. What do you have think to it should them? be. What what's your inclination as to why it's important for you? Um, well, I. Th I well, I mean, I think it's interesting um, because it really is it's it's transforming it, it, what the filmmakers are doing. It's modern mythology making is, okay. is why it's important. Um, it, it's really creating it's using motion pictures to create modern day mythology. Uh, that's why it's so interesting to me. And, you know, it's just so it's 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 fascinating to see how these movies um, really can impact material culture, society, pop culture um, and how they just become so integrated into our you know, society. Um, and, and it's powerful imagery. And, and that's what I found interesting. I, I compare it to sacred geometry or incorporating numbers into a building. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's investing the building with a sense of divinity. Uh, and and it's the same thing with this esoteric imagery. It's transforming the film celluloid into modern day mythology. That's really the best way I can answer it. Sure. And I agree. I think it's important. I think it's amazing what they're doing as well. Um, so you're saying it's basically 
because they're doing it and and the scale and it's just very interesting to you that it's that it's happening is that kind of why it's important to you well, it's interesting because, like I said, it's it's modern day mythology making. I mean, there isn't. I was born in 1971. I grew up on Star Wars. I mean, and that's just become so integrated into our society, um, and 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 it's really just speaks to the power of these archetypes and this esoteric imagery in the film. And I find that very interesting. Is you know, is 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 the, that these movies they contain this mythology, this imagery. Not all of them do, but a lot of them do. And um, it's just fascinating to me the blanks these directors will go to place it in to to really, you know, make their movie into something more than just a movie. Um, it's really modern day mythology making. And I, I like it also because um, I think in some instances, it's a real challenge to these filmmakers. Uh, I think I think some of them really want you to pay attention and try to decode their films. Um, and I think that's a fascinating challenge also. I agree.